and alive. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people say, Amen. Megan read our scripture beautifully today, but there's one little piece at the end of that part of Matthew 6 that doesn't make it in the Jesus Storybook Bible. Do you know what that part is? At the very end of the Matthew 6 passage, Jesus says, so, which is imagine how he said it. So, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. The pagans run after all those things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. And then he says this, but seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Do you know what you're going to be when you grow up? It's the question for tonight, really. What do you want me to do with my life? Is the question we're asking in our series on Honest to God, which is really the question people started asking you when you were about four. What do you want to be when you grow up? And because many of us grew up reading like those Richard Scarry books that had like the, the people all in like little animals and little outfits, and we were like, ooh, firefighter. I'll be a firefighter. And then it was like, ooh, doctor. Ooh, teacher. And then we, we got a little older and we moved into elementary school and we realized, oh, firefighters have to run into burning buildings. <laughs> Scratch that off the list. And then uh, we realized doctors had to deal with a lot of gross stuff. And... And, and we got stitches once, and we did not like it, so scratch that off the list. And then we would look around at our teacher trying to manage 25 young people, and we thought, no. <laughs> scratch that off the list. And, and you kind of grow up, and you keep scratching things off the list, you know, and you move into elementary school, you move through middle school, you move into high school. In high school, you're very busy with other things. You're trying to survive algebra and trigonometry and Spanish too, and you know, figuring out whether or not you're going to make the musical or the soccer team, and who's going with who to prom? Are you kidding me? And it's, it's like there's so much swirling around you, and then suddenly you end up in college, and then people start asking you the question again. What are you going to be when you grow up? What do you want to major in? Well, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Be an agent of renewal, that's what I'm going to do with that. up. And suddenly the person asking you is your advisor and you're sitting in her office and you have to make choices about what classes you're going to take and she's the one who's now asking you, well, have you made the decision? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you just want to scream at her, even though it's not about her. You just want to go, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And you feel all this pressure and throughout your life you've been taught that when you feel pressure and when you feel stressed, you pray about it. And so you pray, what do you want me to do with my life? And you think, well, any minute there's something going to come, right? Like a sign or a Facebook message or like, you know, God is friends. I want to be friends with God and I want him to send me a message to tell me what I'm going to do with my life. And, uh, and this is a little bit dangerous territory. I had a friend who was trying really hard to decide whether or not God was inviting him to go to seminary. And 
My friend was up at his family's cottage up north, and it was nighttime, and he was all alone, and the sky was full of stars, and, and he said, God, give me a sign. If you want me to go to seminary, just, like, send a shooting sky, shooting stars across the sky. And he waited, and a giant bug flew into his mouth, and he choked on it. <laughs> True story. True story. And that's what happens sometimes, right? You're like, I wanted the shooting star, I got the giant bug. I don't know what this means. Because we have this, we have this idea. Actually, this would be better if I had a volunteer. Could I have a volunteer? Excellent, Judah, come on up. Everybody, Judah. Weeks, give it up, Judah. Have a seat. So, it's, it's all good. You're not, are you allergic to peanuts? No. Then we're fine. <laughs> so we have this idea that um, our vocation is going to just come to us like this. Ooh, congratulations, vocation, everybody. Yes. And we think, there it is. I am so set. I am golden. This is great. I have a giant, sweet-tasting, peanut-safe vocation. <laughs> Life is good, right? It looks good. It looks tasty. You feel content. But there's a problem. That's not how it works. Sorry. <laughs> because the person who asked the question about seminary and the blood flew in his mouth, he was 50 years old. He had been an elementary school teacher. He'd been a college professor. And now, because he did go to seminary, he's a pastor. I have friends who are facing retirement who are still asking the question, what do you want me to do with my life? I have a friend who had a baby and she had fully intended that after the baby was born, she would go back to work full time. And she did not anticipate the pull that that baby would have on her life. And now she's asking the question again, what do you want me to do with my life? I was emailing an alum who's in Australia, and he was a student of mine years ago. And he's graduating from law school, and he's trying to figure out what's next. And he wrote me basically and said, Pastor Mary, what does God want me to do with my life? This is a question you will ask for the rest of your life. But here's the good news. There's more stuff in the bag. <laughs> it's your lucky day, Judah Weeks. So... Um, Judah, talk to me about how you made the decision to come to Calvin College. Um, I was looking between MSU and here, mm -hmm. and I went to MSU, and I'm from a Let's, small Let me give you a microphone. Okay. There you go. I'm from a small public high school. Yes. In a small town, about 4,000 people. And I went to MSU, and I was just like, it's too big. <laughs> and I went there and for a visit, and it was just like, the people didn't really care about you. Oh, that was a sign. 
Yes, that was also a sign. <laughs> Excellent. Great. That's another sign. Good. Madonna. So, so you come here, and then um, you have to like choose classes. How did you start to decide what you wanted to study? Um, my band directors really were really big influences on my life. Great. That's a sign. Oh, I think I think what you need is I think what you need maybe is this. Oh, big sign. <laughs> so then I came here, well, I came to her visit, and uh, Dr. Engel was really nice, and she um, kept inviting me, kept saying me. Dr. Engel's our band director, yep. for those of you who don't know. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and she, was, she really wanted me to um, excel in my music, and that's, that's how I became a music ed major. Excellent. Well done. Good. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a music teacher that follows Christ. Excellent. All right. Woohoo! Judah Weeks, everybody. That's how vocation happens. It doesn't happen when some giant thing descends. It happens bit by bit by bit by bit by bit when you learn how to be sensitive to what God is doing in your life. Which is why it's really important that we read the story from Matthew and we're reminded that Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. What does he say? Don't worry, right? And it's so easy in our environment where we're all trying to achieve and we all think there's one right answer. Let me tell you this, you can't get vocation wrong. You can't get it wrong. You can't get it wrong, okay? You cannot get vocation wrong. This is what God does. He says, oh, try this for a while. And then you go, I hate this, this doesn't work. And he's go, great, now we have an opportunity to try something else. You can't get it wrong. A couple of weeks ago, we talked, remember, about predestination and free will? And we said there together that God's got everything planned out. He knows everything that's coming next. He knew about the bug that was going to fly into my friend's mouth. <laughs> he knew that that would be a great story because my friend is continually obsessed with signs and trying to figure out God's will. And I just every now and then, I just got to smack him and say, I'm in love, as you do to a friend. And say, you know, God speaks through lots of ways. Just keep paying attention, and sometimes it's a giant bug. That's going to be your big takeaway from the sermon, isn't it? Facebook tonight, Pastor Mary says, God speaks through giant bugs. <laughs> so Jesus comes in, and he says, don't worry. And then the other big thing he says is, God cares for every little detail. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. You think they're walking around? We laughed, right? 
the picture up there, the like bird with a shopping cart. We're like, that's hysterical. That is so funny. The flowers like trying on dresses. I don't really know what's going to look good. I don't know. We're, that's comical, right? It's so comical. Jesus says, don't worry because when you start worrying, that's just comical. That's just funny. That's just, it's just so funny because it's like you don't think that you have a God who really loves you. And you do. You have a God that loves you so much that he puts random people on your path at Fridays at Calvin who say, welcome to Calvin. That's not random. That's God. Right? And so Jesus says, don't worry. God cares for everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, this can sound kind of big, like, what do you want me to do with my life? Seek first the kingdom. Okay. Uh, That seems kind of big. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means that in every detail of every day, you are asking, God, you are my king. In this moment, how do I serve you? When you're walking on the path to class, in that moment, you ask, how do you want me to serve you right now? Who needs a smile? Who's coming my way that needs a smile? Who needs to hear a good morning? How do you, what do you want me to observe around me? Do you want me to see the birds? Do you want me to see the lilies of the field? When you walk into the classroom, it means you ask, where do you want me to sit today? For the past six weeks, I've sat right there. Do you want me to keep sitting right there? Is there someone else I need to sit by? Is there... Is there someone else you're inviting me to be friends with or get to know? When you walk into the dining hall and you see one person you don't know sitting by herself, you say, God, would it be serving you if I went and sat with that person? In every moment of every day, when you have the choice of driving somewhere that's a really short distance and you could really walk and it's a beautiful day, you say, God, how do I serve you best right now? How do I honor your creation right now? When you have the opportunity to buy certain things and think, do I need this thing, Lord? Is this going to help me serve you, or is this something that I just need because I think I need it? When Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, it's not a big, ginormous thing. It's every minute of every day. Seek first the kingdom. And this is a challenge because everything else in your world says, seek first your kingdom. Whatever your kingdom is, seek it first. You get the lab assignment done first, someone else asks for a little help, you seek your kingdom. You don't help them, they can figure it out, and if they don't, they'll do worse than you, and then they won't get the medical school spot, and you will. Seek first your kingdom. You got a group of people, they all want to live together next year. You know that if you have that many people living within the city limits of Grand Rapids, it's obeying the law. It's not obeying the law. And you think, well, we're going to seek first our kingdom because we're just going to pay a little fine and, you know, lie to people and seek first our kingdom. Because that makes life a lot easier for us. Then we don't have to actually, like, obey the law and tell people that they can't live with us. Seek first your kingdom, is what you're told. Seek first your kingdom. 
And so, can you sense how odd it is if we spend 24-7 seeking our own kingdoms and then suddenly when it comes to the time when we have to make a really big decision, suddenly we throw our hands up to heaven and say, what do you want me to do now? I've ignored you for months, but I could really use your help. What do you say? And that's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Because all of these things will be given to you as well. You will have academic enjoyment and success. You will have friends that live with you in community and it will be good. You will have all these other things and your integrity. Imagine that. You will have all of these other things and a Christian witness. You will have all these other things and the glory of God above all. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. And so as we move through our days, day after day after day, we need to be asking, God, you are king. I am your servant. How in this moment do I seek your kingdom? How in this moment do I build what you want me to build? And the joy is that God is continually giving things out. He's continually saying, yeah, right there, that's it. Yeah, that's what I want you to find right there. This week I was in a meeting across campus in a building I don't normally get to very often. And I was coming out of the meeting and I was checking my phone and a coworker had texted me. And as I'm walking out into the hall, there are two people there talking about the coworker who had just texted me. And they said, we need to reach her. And we can't, re I said, she's texting me. She, she's, she's available right now, like call her right now. And, and it seems like a funny little thing, but I could tell from the looks on their faces that they really needed to reach her. And it was just a little moment where God's going, there you go, way to be faithful, way to be paying attention, way to be in the moment. Does anybody know what Easter eggs are? Not like Easter eggs that you like, Bunny, not, not that kind. Like Easter eggs in video games? Yeah? Okay. Come on up here. Who said yeah? Yeah. Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> Tell me your name. Tell me your name. Uh, I'm Fane. Fane. Fane, everybody. Fane. Okay. Fane, teach the people what Easter eggs are. Um, Easter eggs are hidden little things in video games that if you're looking really closely for them, they are typically a call out to things in other games or just something funny right? in general. And they're a little bit of a surprise, Yeah, yeah. right? And they're yeah, fun. Definitely. And are they in most games? I would say so, yes. Most games. Yes. Do you know what the first Easter egg was? Wikipedia trivia. I, I, I do not know. Okay. It had to do with the, the people who first programmed in the Easter egg took a picture of themselves and programmed it in the computer so that if you did a certain thing, like their picture would pop up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. That's computer programmer fun. <laughs> right? For my computer science people. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Two people are like, yeah. <laughs> Good. Thanks, Thane. Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter eggs. Easter eggs are fun, right? 
and they're in, and you gotta look for them, and then they're there, and they pop up, and they like give you a little clue about something else, or they give a little shout out to something else, and they're funny, and they make you laugh, and Jesus says, basically, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, life gets full of Easter eggs. It gets full of this moment of like, okay, this is not happening the way I wanted it to go. Right now, in this moment, this is not happening. Oh, there's got to be an Easter egg. Where is it? Where's the Easter egg? And then something's going to happen. And some, I had it this afternoon. I was really stressed about the candy situation. Um, <laughs> because... Uh, with the daylight savings thing, like my whole, does your clock just go all off? And all of a sudden I realized like it was much later than I realized that it was. Um, I get a little absorbed when I'm practicing a sermon. And um, all of a sudden I'm like, I gotta do the candy thing. And the first place I went to, I realized I didn't have my debit card. They only took debit cards. It was like a whole thing. I had like a pile of food on this thing. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, ah! And, and because I'd been practicing this sermon all afternoon, I went to the next place, and I'm like all tense, and my shoulders are all tense, and I'm like, Easter egg. There's got to be an Easter egg here. Where is it? <laughs> so I went to the next place. The candy was on sale there. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was one of those little moments where you don't always have that as a preacher, like the immediacy of a sermon, just like, Pew! and it was like, look at what a difference it made in my stress level as soon as I thought, God's going to show up here. God's going to, I just need to be paying attention. It's not about you, Hulst. Let it go. God's going to show up here. And that's the joy. That's why Jesus says, are you going to worry? No, you're not going to worry. It's just silly. You don't want to worry. Here's what you want to do. You want to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things are going to be given to you as well. All these things are going to come into your life. These little Easter egg moments are just going to pop up, and you're going to see the presence of God in different ways. You're going to have random people. You're going to have people speak into your life. You're going to find joy in the thing that you do. When you talk about, what do I want to do with my life? Jesus says, follow me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and in moment by moment by moment, I will reveal to you what's next. I will reveal to you the surprise. I will reveal to you the joy of taking a class for core and realizing that you really want to major in it. I will reveal to you the joy of being matched with somebody in a conversation group and finding your best friend. I will reveal to you the joy of ending up in somebody's lab and meeting the person you're going to marry. I will reveal to you the joy of working with a professor who is going to be a lifelong colleague of yours. I will reveal to you the joy of knowing that I am with you. Therefore, do not worry, thinking, what am I going to major in? Where am I going to go to graduate school? Who am I going to marry? How am I going to pay for college? For the pagans run after all those things. Your heavenly father? He knows what you need. Your heavenly father, he knows what you need. Your heavenly father, he knows what you need. So tonight, your father says to you, come to the table and lay down your worry. Come to the table.